Hello and welcome back. I have made the definite executive decision that I need to stop saying Happy Wednesday because um, this past weekend I spent the majority of my day listening to podcasts that had kind of like built up through the week and I realized that like 80% of the time I don't listen to a podcast on the day that it airs and you probably don't either because you have a lot to listen to. So first of all, I mean, I appreciate that you listen to me. That's a huge compliment because there is a lot out there to choose from. Um, And second of all, I'm just going to stop saying happy Wednesday because for all I know, it's Sunday for you or Saturday or, you know, Thursday night and you can't fall back asleep and you're listening to this because you're looking for something calming. Just kidding. You would never listen to this podcast if you were trying to go to sleep. It's way too exciting. Um, And today is no exception. So one thing I want to bring up that I keep noticing this weekend, like I told you, I kind of like cleared out my podcast queue. And a lot of times what happens is I save all of like the business advice podcast for the weekend. And then when I listen to them, I'm like, oh my God, there's like 20 million things I have to do for my business and think about and add and do and do and do. And it gets very overwhelming and stressful in my brain. So um, what I've decided to start doing on the She Built This podcast, because first of all, I never want you to feel like you need to do another thing. I just want you to feel really good after you listen to my podcast. I want you to feel like you heard a really good conversation. I want you to feel inspired. I don't want you to feel like there's like a million tasks on your plate after listening. And I really do not want you to feel behind or that fear of missing out because there's nothing worse than that. So with that said, that is why today's guest um, has been invited to join me. Her name is Christina Granahan, and she is going to be talking about something many of you know very well called the Enneagram. And I I know of the Enneagram. Um, I'm kind of like this person that they I, I've been addicted to taking personality tests, but still not knowing what my personality was. And so that is kind of part of why I find the Enneagram so fascinating because it doesn't put you in a box. It more as Christina explains, tells you who you're not. And it also is kind of like a growth path for you. So it's not just like, here's your personality. Now go out and do things. It gives you sort of like, here's the things that you need to work on for yourself and clear steps to to do so and to be a more healthy version of yourself. So I really, really like it for that reason. And I think you'll find it very interesting if you are either interested in yourself as a person and getting more curious about who you are, or if you're the kind of person that likes to be curious about other people around you. I know I'm always trying to figure out things that make other people tick, and um, that is what today's episode is all about. Now, there is one small little glitch. Um, Christina, I'm not 100% sure about whether or not she's coming into the VIP group in May or another month because she may have had a scheduling conflict. So sit tight on the details on that. But here's the thing, the workshops in the VIP group since we started have been so phenomenal. And in fact, the one we just did on Feng Shui, someone already made a huge change in their home using the principles of Feng Shui, which Lisa Law taught us in uh, the VIP workshop. And that day she got, and I kid you not, a $500 chimney repair service done absolutely free. And it simply came from setting the intention in her home and rearranging some things. And I'm like, okay, 
I am loving the guests that we're bringing into the VIP group to do the workshops and they're only going to, it's just going to keep evolving and, and getting better for all the members. So here's what I want to say. It's not $500 a year to join the VIP group. It's $259 a year. So by moving some things from that workshop and setting the intention, she already made her money back and then some. I'm not saying this is like going to happen with every single workshop. What I'm saying is that it's well worth the investment, you know, to join the VIP group and get in on these great workshops with the guests, as well as some other things that we're doing in there, like peer groups, which are resulting in in huge accountability wins and people really getting open and sharing some of the things that they're struggling with. And I know it's, I've got, I've heard a lot of good feedback, um, from those as well. So you don't need to take it from me. You can go look on the shebuiltthis.org website and you're going to see lots of testimonials from members of the group themselves because people are making money and making new connections and graciously sharing their experiences. All right, commercial over. I just wanted to um, let you know that Christina is going to be coming in as one of our upcoming workshop guests. I'm just not 100% sure of the month. So just a little bit more about Christina. She is an Enneagram-informed therapist and coach, and she's created a niche in something that is sometimes spiritual, mentor, sometimes mental health clinician, and sometimes coach to teens and adults who, despite their best efforts, are not creating a life that comes from their own unique genius and birthright. She works with individuals and groups both privately and in organizations because what's good for individuals is also good for business. And Christina's goal with every client is to show them who they were before they learned to defend, protect, and promote themselves, and to help that them remember that loving, clear, joyful person who showed up for life with strength and wisdom who got lost along the way. I think you are going to love today's interview. Hang in there. It's a little long, but you're going to learn a lot. So take breaks if you need to, and here we go. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. this podcast. Hi, Emily. I'm so glad to be here with you. I'm so happy to have you. Um, I was just, ta- I just got a text from Liz Larson and she was like, oh my God, you're about to record with Christina. I'm so jealous. And I was like, I'll give you a shout out. So here is your official shout out, Liz. <laughs> I just texted Liz and I said, I'm going to try to talk slower, but tell me how I have failed you. So I know what I should be doing on this thing. And she didn't text me back, but clearly she texted you. She is like a one text and then she's done. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also talk fast, so don't worry. And, and I also like listen to things fast. So some podcasts I listen to in one and a half speed. And when I listen back to mine in that speed, I'm like, wow, this is too much. Oh my God, that's <laughs> so, awesome. Actually, that's we- a secret. Okay. Good to know. We can be fast talkers. Yeah. You can consume so much more information that way. It's amazing. That's interesting. Um, All right. So I already read your bio before you joined us, but I would love for you to tell us in your words who you are and what you do. And also, I love a good story. So feel free to tell us how you got into this too. Okay. So 
well, my name is Christina Granahan, and um, I have a business called Granahan Coaching and Consulting. And um, I, let's see, who am I? That's like my existential question. So um, I'll just say, sort of personally, I am a, I'm a, I live in. Sudbury, Massachusetts, and I have four kids, um, 17 to 23, and um, I'm married and have two dogs, and we live here, and not happily ever after, but relatively happily ever after. And, um, you know, my work life has really just been all over the place, but I knew when I was in kindergarten, literally, that I wanted to be a social worker. And um, I, um, like in high school, I had a a psychology teacher say, oh, no, you don't want to be a social worker. You want to be a psychologist. And I knew within a month at school that in fact, it was a social worker. Like I just have this, I've always had this draw to justice issues and to the oppressed. And, and, um, that's been important to me. And so most of my life has been spent addressing some of those things or doing my part as a social worker. And then in 2010, I went back to, I actually had a conversation with someone who said, um, he said, you should be a coach. Your style is like a coach. And I said, in my most egotistical way, I said, um, like, that's for people who don't want to go to grad school. Like that there's, you know, I really, it was so snotty and I, and I realized, and he said to me, well, you could make three times as much and do it in your PJs. And I was like, oh, ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. And I was like on the next train to New York. Like literally it was like within 24 hours, I was like, I'm going to New York, Brian, I'll be back. I had four little kids and I went for four days and um, every few months I went for four days and I did this, you know, couple of year training. And um, so I identify myself as an Enneagram informed therapist and coach because the Enneagram is really the, it's not the only tool, but it is um, really, I identify it strongly with my own inner work and also the inner work I do with other people. So, Oh, that's a great story. Um, and I love that you created a life where you can work from home in your PJs and make money. (laughs) (laughs) I too thrive or live that lifestyle. Um, all right. So let's talk about what the Enneagram is for people who don't know what it is, because I imagine there are people listening that know exactly what it is, know their type, know all of the different wings of their type and some that have are just hearing this for the first time. Yeah. It's, I'm just aware as you were saying that, Emily, like this might not make any sense to anybody, but I just did um, a two hour group with a group of women who are in a, we're in, in a closed group. We, we meet weekly and we are talking about the Enneagram and doing our own inner work together that I, I lead. And this is a very like, um, I can be very type one around, which may mean nothing to know anyone, but around, um, when I talk about the Enneagram, cause I'm aware, I'm just, this is literally coming up for me right now. Like I haven't thought about this before, but I'm aware that when you said there are a lot of people who know the Enneagram and whatever, I'm kind of a snob about the Enneagram too. Like I'm kind of like, well, do they really know the Enneagram? Because many people think the Enneagram is really just about knowing your type, telling you who you are. And that isn't true. Um, so, but it is one way and I need to be a little more open and the way I um, receive people's different, different ways that they use it. So there's some self-disclosure. Um, but the Enneagram, like at its most basic, is a tool. It, um, it comes all the way back from ancient Egypt, I think, and Greece. And I won't go through the history because I'll get it wrong. But it's really evolved and had layers and layers and layers of content and learning added to it most recently, modern psychology. 
um, I was just preparing a, um, I supervise social work clinicians, and this is someone who's about to take a licensing exam. And so we were talking through some stuff and I realized so much that shows up in the Enneagram for those who really study it, it doesn't come up surface wise is, um, basically modern psychology, right? It's different theories of moral development and, um, um, the just, um, development really ego development. Um, and so it has these, it has sort of layered all of that. So it is this geometric, it's a, it's geometry, right? And if you don't know this, I don't really, I will not say this correctly, but the world is basically, you can find your way to any problem through math. I'm not even going to go here, Emily, because it's ridiculous. Oh, golly. I'm like, uh-oh, my head's going to explode. No, my head will <laughs> explode Friday. and fall off. But literally, I talked about this with my son, and he's like, oh, mom, look at this YouTube video. And there's YouTube videos about the mul- multiples of three up till nine. It's, it's, it is actually fascinating. I don't understand it. But anyway, I use the Enneagram. I'll just like summarize and say, it's ultimately a tool for self-development. It's easy. It's quick. It's logical. And it's sort of, we learn the magic of our ego development and all the ways and reasons that we show up the way we do from this tool. I use it in businesses. People use it in churches. It's very popular in the South in churches, private practices, classrooms, like all over the world to help people understand each other and ultimately have empathy for one another and sort of learn how to navigate the world in general. And I would just say one other thing about it, the difference, because this is asked of me all the time, the difference between it and just a personality test you beat me to the question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christina, what's the difference between the Enneagram and just a regular personality I'm test? So glad you asked. That's a brilliant question. Um, I was just asked that on LinkedIn. Um, it's not about telling you who you are. It's really about telling you who you're not. It's really the Enneagram is really about here's this personality that we acquire when we come into the world as opposed to our essence, which is what we're born with. And, um, it, it says you are not your personality. Your personality is really a giant defense mechanism that is protecting some very vulnerable and deep part of you. And so, um, whereas a personality test is sort of like, Hey, here's who you are. This is how you show up. It's good to know and watch out for that or use it, you know, use it as a strength. The Enneagram is like, here's who, if you're religious, here's who God wanted you to be. If you're not religious, it's like, here's who at your, your North star is how Martha Beck might put it. Your true self is how some psychological theories might put it. There is a, there is a very real, pure, innocent place within each of us. And, um, and we are a poster child for one type. There's nine types. We have them all, but we're a poster child for one. And that's like the gift to the world, but it gets wounded as a child. Our parents didn't give us what we needed and we grow up protecting it. And so that's what the type becomes. The type is our personality. It's like, what is the thing we're going to defend at all costs? And that's how our type looks. And that's how we we show ourselves to the world. I'm realizing I've never explained it that way. So I I love this. So it's basically like the armor we put up to keep ourselves safe and protected and fulfill our needs. And and maybe sometimes that is great. And maybe sometimes that is not so great. Right, right. Like at its best, it's very, it's beautiful. My essence is joy and freedom. When I'm at the higher levels and I am present to the truth of like, pre- literally present, uh, it's joy and freedom is everywhere. But at the lower levels, I'm just protecting that and guarding it. And I have this thick armor on me. And so that joy and freedom gets distorted and it starts to look like a demanding, um, like 
either you give me this or else. Like there's a lot of ways in which that gets distorted and looks different from what the intention is. And that's because it's, we're guarding it. We're afraid we're going to lose it and we protect it. So when you're helping others and coaching others, do you help them by kind of like uh, breaking down some of these walls as they're identifying which type they are? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's like I, I actually used it this morning in a group that I was running at a, in a business. In a, it's a nonprofit organization. Um, so what what we do, like the very at a, the most important thing about enneagram work, it has nothing to do with the enneagram itself, but is presence exercises. So things like mindfulness, and I do a I call it presence a, a presence exercise at the beginning of every session, every group, where we get. So tell me if this is like too much, but like we get in line with our head center, our heart center and our gut center. Like we have three centers in our, in our bodies. It's our three centers of intelligence. Most of us are walking about the planet using one or two of them. We forget the third and it's like using two thirds of our, of our brilliance, right? Like we need that third in order. Yeah. It's like when you're, it's like when you're overthinking a problem rather than like thinking, feeling, and what was the third one? Your gut, which is action. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's you. So Emily, you clearly have some knowledge of this. This is all stuff that I had no idea when I got into this. I was like, well, what are you talking about? I thought it was woo. But imagine. I just know I'm like always stuck in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. And I think it's a universal. Yes, we are. And, and we forget another, we forget one of the other centers. So imagine just thinking your way around a problem without ever really knowing what you actually want you're going to forget in your heart, you're, what you actually want is your heart center. Your purpose comes from your heart center. This is where we use it in um, like entrepreneurship or um, like um, launching yourself as an adult or launch, failure to launch as a kid, whatever. But it's like, what do you actually want? Like, where do you find your purpose? That's your heart. Your head is like logic. It's like what makes sense. Um, it's, it's, um, and then the, the gut is like, what's the action or we all know it's like intuition. It's like we have intuition on all centers, but it's like, what is, what do you just know based on your experience and your history and generations that have come before you that live in your DNA? Like, what do you actually just say? Like when you get quiet, what's your gut response? You need all three of those to make an intelligent decision. And we're usually using two of them. And so that's the basic, that's like, we can't even do any work until we start to do some of that work. You explain that really, really well. And I love the concept of being present, having to do with all three of those being in alignment, because I think so often we focus on being present in one piece, like in one area, but not it through all three of those. Mm -hmm. So I really love that. And it really does take all three (laughs) to be present. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's, if you don't mind, I'd love to get into some of the types and maybe just high level. Like I know a lot of people, as I said, probably are familiar with them, but I want to really like break down some of the different types and see um, so that people can help to see where they might identify. Yep. So let me just say one thing before that, that might be helpful because I didn't, I sort of touched on this, but the, the teaching is that we... Um, are born a type. We are born, we are, we have an essence at our birth, which is that like beautiful, pure, innocent thing. And we, we come out and that's like what we're going to show the world we are. So we have all nine essences. There's nine points on the Enneagram. We have all nine, but we're really like the poster child for one. So 
I was born to show the world what it looks like to be joyous and free, right? So that's like sort of how I would talk about my type, which is type seven. And I'll, I'll go back to that in a minute. But, but actually what happens is, actually, Emily, this might help. Let me just, let me, I'll quickly tell a little, I have this little anecdote when I teach my four session, like introduction, think of a baby toddling towards a staircase and their parent, their caretaker, their mom, whoever's there, you know, yells, no, no, starting with type eight. The type eight is going to say, basically say back to their mom, what, what are you talking about? Like, I, I can do anything. I am powerful. You're not the boss of me. I'm in charge of me. Like their essence is strength, vitality. Um, and, and what that gets distorted in the personality to is power. And so, but really what they're here to show the world is like, there's an aliveness to all of us. There's this strength and this vitality to all of us, but mom yells, and then, and so that's a wounding. That's an early childhood wounding. It's like, wait, you don't see me for who I am as being strong, strong and powerful. And, um, so I'm going to prove to you that I'm strong and I'm in charge. And that's the way that this person, your personality develops. So the type eight out in the world as an adult at the high levels is like, I want like they're really good leaders. Like they, they're who you go to in a crisis. They're in charge. They're, um, they want, they know their natural gifts for being strong and um, showing up fully, and they want that for you too. As they go down the levels, as stress comes into their life, as they become less present, they're bullies. Like they're the ones who are basically like, don't cross me um, because they see it as either I have power or you have power. But at the higher levels, there's room for all of us to have strength. Do you see how that works? Definitely. Uh, that makes sense. So if yes, we definitely. play this out, each of the nine types is going to, is going to respond differently to that. What we do is we come out of the womb and we have this lens. And so we look at the world through this lens of, um, you know, um, strength, vitality. And when mom says no, that gets distorted. And so then it becomes this, like, I'm going to show you who's boss. And so it's like, funny. So my response is like, okay, mom, fine. I won't do it. Right. <laughs> what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. I'll go sit down somewhere. So actually, I know in our first phone call, we had a little talk about your type and I have, I've heard some of your podcasts and we've had a chance to connect since then. And I've had a lot of thought about your type, but anyway, um, we can talk about that as a separate, that can be a separate cliffhanger topic. people. It's a cliffhanger. <laughs> um, but so the nine is here to show us about connection about, um, unity, about, um, uh, yeah, it's like, we're, it's like, we're all sort of here now are, we're grounded and we're all connected too. And so what that gets distorted to is I want peace. The nine for me intellectually is a little, just bear with me. It's a little harder to sort of make that leap from essence to personality, but the way that looks is like, I don't want to impact the world and I really don't want the world to impact me. And so um, the nine is going to interpret that no as, oh my God, I've disrupted the peace. I better stay small. And so at an average nine, so there's these levels in Enneagram work, but just an average nine, your average adult walk in the world who's like really not present, they're going to be the, the, they're going to be the one at the meeting who's shrinking into the wall. They're going to be the ones who sort of say, my opinion doesn't really matter because if I give it, I'm going to disrupt what's here. I'm going to create chaos, which isn't true, right? That's not true. And so I'm married to a nine, so I have a lot to say about the nines. 
Um, so the, the one, the one is here. We just did the one in my group today. Type one is here to show us that the world is good. It's fundamentally good. Like some really crappy, shitty things had to happen. Like people had to eat each other to get to where we are here. Or like the world had to blow up and there had to be an explosion. And yet things are good. And so there's like a, a way that at the high levels or the essence of one can hold both good and bad as being okay and sort of fundamental to the overall goodness of the world. But what happens is they get attached to the world being good and it looks like perfectionism and it looks like they're really hard on themselves and others and they get attached to like things are either good or bad. And so as they go down the levels, you can see things get more binary, neural pathways close. They don't see, no, we don't see, this is true for all types. We don't see possibility. It's just like either I'm right or you're wrong. And in fact, it's my responsibility to tell you what's wrong with you and all the things you're doing wrong. And so the way this shows up, like we just talked about this today is like ones over parent can over parent, like can take a lot of control over their family and let in like rules. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And so you can appreciate that Enneagram work might help that person see that and, and let go a little bit, loosen up their grip. Um, twos are, twos come into the world to show us what love is, that we don't have to do anything to be loving, that love is fundamentally here for our taking and our experiencing, not based on what you do or who you are. And as that gets distorted, like the two baby is going to say, you don't love me anymore because I just was about to make a mistake, right? So the two... The two is the one who brings the casserole to every, um, anyone who's, they're the sign up genius aficionados, right? Like they're going to do, they want to prove to the world that they're good by doing things. And it's easy. It's funny when, when you talk, when you started talking about the two, I was like, this is my favorite kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> they're beautiful, except, except when you have a two that outdoes you. Like I have a thing with twos because I feel like I have that part in me. But I can never keep up with a real two, like a, tr- a true two. I'm not. Yeah. But like, I feel like if I bring cupcakes, they're going to bring baked Alaska. You know, like, uh, <laughs> and in fact, this has actually happened to me. And I had a woman in one of my groups say, she said, oh, my God. She said, I invited a woman. I invited a kid to a play date and the mother showed up with a beef tenderloin. And it was true story. And that has actually happened to me, too, where someone shows up with this like entire meal for my family. And I'm like. We're only here for two hours. Like, but they can't show up without something. That's someone who's not present to circumstance. Like they're if they were to really be clear in their three centers, they would know that, like, what's called for? They called to have my friend over, my kid over. Like, I don't have to do with do anything for them to like me. So twos are really concerned about relationships. And at the lower levels, that gets distorted. They're afraid they won't be loved if they don't do something, right? So it's really they're the volunteers. They're yeah, it's beautiful. Um, except it's, yeah, they're all painful. All types are painful at the low levels. Um, so keep going. Three is the center of the heart center. The, the three is like, um, their essence is value and glory. So it's like, they come out just knowing that they're valuable. They're just valuable. But as that gets distorted, it, it becomes, um, I have to, I'm attached to value. Like I am attached to providing value. So I know in my own office, when I'm working with a client, if I'm intimidated by the client, like if this is like someone from my town and I'm afraid that my reputation might depend on me being a really good coach, 
I start to think about that and my value is like out the window. There's no value in that because I'm like, what's the best next question to ask instead of listening and just letting the right answer arise from inside of me? That's essence. But if we're concerned about, so the three is that person who, and, and many threes have flashy cars or concerned with brands. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is about providing value. Like they want to be the best employee, student, teacher, whatever that they are. They really want to be the best. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's a beautiful thing to have. But when you become attached to it, it doesn't really happen. You start to look inauthentic. So do you think a three would make a better baked Alaska than a two? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent question. If they value baked Alaska, you better believe they're going to take a class from, you know, yes. Um, Yeah. And just to say this, I haven't said this because I don't want to get it complicated, but like every type also has a way that they do it. And so the type three, like, and I, we won't do this. I just, but just as an example, the type three starts to look like a chameleon. Like you can't be the best. um, In fact, this actually just, this is a real story where a, a manager with an employee had a meeting with the manager's boss, the SVP of the organization, that manager, I, I, I am sure is it there's a three way about them that they, they had misrepresented something to the employee and they're in, now they're in this place where like they had lied to the employee about a raise because they wanted the employee to like them. They wanted to be the best boss. And now the senior manager was like, wait, what'd you do? But they want to be the best employee to the senior manager. So what do they do then? Right? So they lie to the senior man. Like there's this whole, you start to see how, as we become less present out of fear, we also start to have to cover ourselves. And that's where the, the suffering sort of comes in. Anyway, that was an example of the three deceit. I love that. Well, I don't love that for them, but you see, <laughs> I like, the like you see how this all like works in real life. It's not. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. And so, and then the four, sorry, I'll speed up. I'm I'm so aware that I don't want to talk fast that I'm... You never need to apologize or worry about talking fast or any of these things. Okay. So okay. I don't know what type I don't know what type allows you to feel freedom in that, but that's the type we're going to channel. Thank you. So the four, the four's essence, um, they come out to show the world like what it looks like to, it's like have inner beauty, have depth, like we're all special and unique. And we don't actually have to do anything to prove that we're different. The four is a little bit of an interesting bird to me because so what that might look like is like, if you see a teenager with like a thousand piercings and blue hair, that's being attached to being different, attached to being unique. And um, so that's sort of coming down the levels. If we just knew that, well, we're humans on this planet and no two of us are alike, we don't have to do anything to be seen as different. We are, we are already who we are. But what that starts to look like as we defend, as this, this lens that we look through the world through and we need to defend this essence, it starts to look like, um, you don't understand me. Oh, no, that's not like me. Um, and they really, it's like this way in which when I'm working with a four client, it can look like, I will often say, so wait, just hold on a second. You feel really misunderstood. You feel like you're not like them and they can't possibly understand you. And yet you don't want to tell them who you are. You want to stay a mystery, right? There's this like dance that happens. And so that's where the work comes in. It's like, oh, 
like they get to people see this other, that's just the example for the four, but every type has that. It's like, huh, I, here's how I act and here's how people might see me, but this is actually my motivation inside. And there's some dissonance in that because they're not present to it all. And so the work is in helping them to see that. So the- I think I told you I have a family member that is for sure this yeah. one and um, it can show up in like a pretty melancholy slash depressive way as I think that they're trying to draw attention to their uniqueness yeah. by using that if that makes sense. And to your point about this family member and I, I, I think we talked about this but this is the thing the four the way their four shows fourness shows up is like they're focused on the suffering like each type is like there's so many ways I could have explained this, but there is one way is to say, what are they each focused on? And the four is actually focused on their suffering. They're actually like, they're looking for the ways that they've been wronged and the way they're just different and you don't understand me. And that's how they're trying to seem deep and unique, right? You see how that works? And really it actually just comes out. Well, first of all, what happens with like a lot of teenagers is they're trying to be unique, but they just find the other group of kids who have thousand piercings and blue hair. Right. And so (laughs) there's a whole group of them, but like that's, they're like the misunderstood ones. That's, that's what happens. And, um, well, let me just digress for one second. I could have done this with each type, but I'm just going to say that thing. What I just said about they're the misunderstood ones. When you do work with people around the, and use the Enneagram as a tool, this is what comes up. Um, Ultimately, when you get to the core of whatever the problem is, and their problem might be, um, you know, my, I got in a fight with my husband. That might be the thing that they bring to coaching. When you get down, when you do the work and you get right down to the actual suffering, it is completely type related. Like the fours are generally getting in a fight with their husbands because they feel misunderstood. The, the ones are generally getting in fights because someone did something right and someone did something wrong. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the eights are generally getting into fights because they feel betrayed. Like someone has taken control and betrayed. So the eights want to betray that person before they get betrayed. But it ultimately, it's fascinating actually doing this work because ultimately it comes down to that little lost childhood message, which comes out. So anyway, I'll just keep going through. I have, I have three more types and to go. And it's just so interesting how we can all like you can come to the same exact situation with a completely different. Basically, it's like wearing a different set of glasses. You know what I mean? Like you're wearing a completely different prescription. Yes. And in fact, I like I actually want to get lenses that I have this dream like of running a long term group and having and mailing everybody like all the threes would get a red. We get red glasses and all the fours would get blue glasses. And and to really explain this, because that's we come out of the womb looking at the world a certain way. And so, and the less present we are, the foggier those glasses are. And we only see that color. But when we're present, it becomes a little more translucent. We can see through it. There's other possibilities. But when we're stuck, it's we just see the red. And so we just see the ways in which we don't belong, right? And this is how, this is way more than just a personality test. Uh-huh. <laughs> As like, you can see, all I get like so weird hear. about it. I'm like, oh, you, do you really understand the Enneagram? Like, you know, <laughs> Um, because I'll have people say, oh yeah, I'm a seven. I, I like to have fun. Well, actually all the types like to have fun, right? It's not as clear. Um, so I, I have to keep myself in check. Um, okay. So five, six, and seven. So five is coming into the head center. These three types are all their thinkers. The five at their best, it's like, they're here to show the world what it looks like to be clear. Like they call it clarity and illumination. And it's like, I have 
all the information I need right now. I have all the knowledge that I need right now. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get more knowledge. It just means that like for this situation, I can, I can do, I can make a decision. When that gets distorted, it starts to look like I have to research everything. I have to know. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Oh my God. They're like serial experts, like expert in this, expert in this, expert. I think my dad's a five. I'm not completely sure. I was like someone listening. You know who you are. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and, you know, we make jokes about like, well, so actually the Unabomber, the Unabomber was probably a low level five. Like they withdraw to get their need for safety and security met. Do you remember the, like, does everybody know who the Unabomber is? I don't even know. I think I might be too young. But. Oh, God. Okay. So the Unabomber, I'll just say very quickly, was this guy who, there were these bombs that were, like, going off in our country. And it turns out it was an, I think he's MIT educated guy who had, like, come down the level. So an impacted by stress. He was a five. Impacted by stress. They withdraw when their needs aren't met. Um, and um, And they actually, yes, they withdraw and they do things to, they do things to get, anyway, I don't, I won't get into all that. turns out like his brother actually turned him in, but he was, he was living in these huts in like the middle of nowhere with no electricity and he was building bombs and he was then dropping them off in places and going back to these, like, I probably am distorting the story, but he's brilliant, like a brilliant man who that gets distorted and you start to feel like everybody's out to get you. And it like, if I know enough, I'm going to be safe is how the yep. five thinks. Yep. And so they just can never know enough unless they're present. And they, and even for me, Emily, in this podcast, t- two years ago, say, definitely 10 years ago, two years ago, I would have, I would have had to write a script for this. I would have wanted to like, make sure I got it all right. I wanted to, I would have wanted to like make, I make it. And I was just like, well, what's true? Well, I can just tell them what I know. Like I know the Enneagram up to the level of my understanding. And that's, that's high five, high five. No, that's like, <laughs> I, I can't do that without like sticking my hand up to, um, but that's high five is like, I'm going to be okay. Like I know enough. Yes. Low five is like, I better research the shit out of the Enneagram just in case she asks me something that I don't know, rather than say, you know what, Emily, I don't actually know the answer to that. Let me get back to you. Right. That's a present response as opposed to a reaction where I got to protect this thing called my intellect right Um, it's so funny because all of the the things like for example if you didn't know the answer to something you said you have to research people appreciate the honesty and and it's almost like more in your favor because you're like ooh, now she's gonna take extra time to find the answer to my question yeah we get like the things we yeah 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 the things we do that are just like defense mechanisms it's like people don't actually want you to do that they just want you to like be comfortable like if you make a mistake in your speaking People are like, oh, wow, good. They're human. They they mess up just like me and say too many ums and ahs and lose their place. It's amazing. Yes. Are you talking about me? Because that's what it is. No, I'm talking about myself. <laughs> I did that recently. And I was like, I was like, uh, I lost my place. And they're like, the only thing you didn't need to say in your speech was that you lost your place. Yeah. That was fun. Yes. So like, actually, I'll do like Russ Hudson is um, one of like, I learned. I, uh, anyway, he's one of my teachers. I'm actually about to go into a very deep year long course. And um, he wrote the book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, as my husband says. he Of course he knows it all. He literally wrote the book on it. But um, I went to a workshop at the Enneagram Institute a couple of years ago in the summer. It was like five days maybe of training. And it was, we went from like, I want to say 8.30 in the morning till 8.30 at night. And there was like a pretty big break in the middle. It wasn't, he would come into that room, sit in the front of the class. He did not have a piece of paper in front of him. 
and he talked that entire time. And then we do these like exercise. It wasn't like he was lecture. It was like, you know, he can talk about this without a piece of paper or a clock or anything in front of him because he just lets it rise from within. It's fat. It's like, what am I transmitting that's already within me as opposed to like, what am I teaching? Right. There's like a yeah. transmission of information. It's so beautiful. He's a five. He's a high level. Well, he's a five. He's a high five. Um, so <laughs> six is, so another thing you can talk about the Enneagram is each type is how we, how we deal with anxiety, right? So like each, each of these things distorted, it's about what happens when we're afraid. And so the six is like, when the six is anxious, it actually looks like traditional anxiety. It's like overthinking, like rapid, rapid ways of like, what do you think about this? I don't know what I think, what I mean, what the six is really looking for is inner guidance. It's lost its inner guidance. So when they're present, it's, and again, this, this again happened today, um, where you can sort of say, you know what, just stop talking for a minute, get quiet. Now, what do you think? And it's like, boom, an answer comes. It's like, hmm, like very clear. But when we're not present, we, it's like this, it's not rumination, but it's like, um, it's like spinning, overthinking, what ifs, I don't know. What do you think I should do? But if they got quiet and just listened to those three centers, they would know exactly what to do. And maybe what they have to do, my dog's trying to get in the room. Maybe what they have to do is to say, I don't know. Like that's still an answer. It's a response that comes from intelligence. It's not like you have to know everything. It's just, maybe it's that I don't know. And I need more information. See how simple that is? As opposed to like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. What's the best thing to do? I need the perfect, you know, that craziness. So highly anxious people are often type six. It doesn't, doesn't, I mean, that's, we could, we're all anxious in some way, but traditionally the way anxiety looks to the outside world, they're often type sixes. They've lost their inner guidance. And then seven was the last type. Well, so wait, what's a high functioning six look like? What's their, so like, what did they come here yeah, for? That's a great question. So there's, there's other like sort of, this might be a good time to just say this. There's other traits that happen with types. And so, like one of the things with the six that I often will listen for is they're looking for alliances. And so actually the example I worked with this morning was someone that same example where she didn't like how she had responded to a client. Um, what came up in that debrief was she said, and I knew that so-and-so and so-and-so were in the room and they weren't helping me. So a six is like looking for their allies. Also, there's really a strong sense of who are my people these are my people. I'm going to, and they're so loyal. And so there's like a loyalty to this, like, and it could be a people, it could be ideals, it could be ideas. So it could be identify as a Democrat. So like, that's really important to me. And like, if the Democrats are doing something, I'm doing something. But at the higher levels, they can sort of get clear on actually what's true here. Like, What's true is I agree with some of the things that the Democrats that this is, is not actually true for me, but like, cause I'm a total Democrat, but um, maybe it's that I agree with 90% of what the Democrats say, or I agree with a lot of Democrats, but not because they're, they are belong to this party, right? There's this discernment that can happen at the higher levels. It's like the question often I ask for a six is like, get quiet and like, what's actually true? Like what is true? And, and I think that, like goes back to the anxiety thing because a lot of anxiety comes from this belief that's been like playing over in your mind over and over and over again and 
it feels like fact, but it's not. And that's where that comes from. So that kind of like makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, so we, you know, I started out by saying nine types and they're divided into all kinds of triads. One of the triads is that three types are looking for safety and security at all cost. Three types are looking for autonomy and respect at all cost. And three types are looking to be seen a certain way. And so those who want to be seen a certain way are going to, they'll, they're willing to sacrifice safety and security and autonomy and respect just to be seen the way they're seen. So that's like what they're really going for. And you're right. Like the six, like is going for safety and security. So it's like, if I know actually all three of the, the five, six and seven, it's like, if I, well, let's just talk about the six for a minute. Like if I, um, if I, I will feel safe when I know the answer. It doesn't even matter what the answer is. I'll feel safe when I know the answer. And so at their quiet mind, well, they know that they are already safe, actually. Like they're safe. Like they have all the security and safety that they actually need. And that this is energy that is being spent uselessly in this overthinking because they actually know that they're okay or they know what they need to do to get what they need or, you know, whatever the real life circumstance is. So that's what a hot, that's what, a six at the high side. They just sort of know what the next right thing is, you know? Um, and they're not like way into the future about the what ifs, right? They're like, okay, the next right, like, I don't know, Emily, like if you, if you've had like a day when you're like, oh my God, how am I going to manage this day? Me today, I had to start out with a trip to the airport at 6.30 this morning. I had a group from nine to 10.30, a group from 10.30 to 12, a group from 12 to 2.26. And then I got on with you at 2.30. And so it was like, if I had thought about all of that at the beginning of the day, it's over. Like, how am I going to do, how am I going to eat? How am I going to pee? How am I going to, the dogs have to go out, you know, that could be average to low six. But if I just say what's true right now, it's like, what's true right now is I have to get my kid to the airport. Okay. Or what's true right now might be, I need to make a plan for how to pee today. Like, I don't know what the, what's true is going to happen, but I can say that that's the, it's like one clear answer. Or what's true is, huh, I need to cancel an appointment today. I, I didn't, but that might be what comes up. Like, it's really clear. Does that make sense? Totally. Yes. The last type is seven, happens to be my type. And they say that they always put seven at the end because sevens get bored easily and will leave the room and not stay for the whole teaching if you don't put them at the end. So sevens are here to show the world what it's like to be joyous and free And so there's this like lightness and seeing the joy in like every moment, like seeing the joy in washing the dishes even like, because there's beauty in washing the, whatever, you know, there's just, there can be joy in anything, but as we go down the levels, it starts to look like, like the class clown. It's like, you know, the class clown who, you know, is like not, not even that funny, like, cause they're forcing it. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what that's what average to low seven can look like. What also happens with seven is that we start to demand that our need for safety and security get met. And so there's nothing joyful about being around me when I am at the low levels because I, I my neural pathways are closed. I was shut down and I'm like, I mani- I'm manipulating situations so that I get my needs met. And, um, and, and also at the, at the average to low levels, a seven, it looks like there's no focus. So my career itself, like I don't niche, I didn't niche until I'm 51 years old. I niched like a year ago. Cause I was like, okay, now I'll, I'm willing to choose, but it was inner work that helped me get there as opposed to like 
just regular old coaching because I couldn't niche because I was afraid I'd miss out on something. What if I miss out on an experience? Like I love experiences. I, I don't want to be stuck in one thing, but that's a seven thing. Like that's, there's no, I don't judge other people who have a focus. In fact, I'm kind of jealous, but I, my psych, my, my personality development, my, the way I'm structured really pushes back on, on being stuck. So any kind of focus feels like stuck. It doesn't feel like focus except at the higher levels, at the higher levels. I'm like, okay, I'm going to choose this for right now. And it doesn't mean I'm stuck, but at the lower levels, I attach it to being trapped. So can you, um, do you like, can you like not help yourself, but try to guess what other people's types are? Or is that not really, am I like misunderstanding and, and you don't actually do that. They have to kind of do that for themselves. Well, both things are true. I mean, I can't help myself <laughs> to take like you. I'm like, Oh gosh. Like even just some language that you've used is like, Oh, interesting. Hmm. It tends to be the language of a, the, you know, I'm happy to say more about it, but, um, um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but the, I do. I type everyone, but I will tell you, Emily, and this is, this is coming from someone who I am not kidding. I take formal Enneagram. I do formal Enneagram work several days a week. I, every single day I do practice, I practice. Like I, I know what I'm talking about. Like this is very deep work for me for a period of years and like weeks away, I'm wrong all the time because we really don't know any type can do anything. There's not one there's not one quality or trait that is specific to one type. Like anybody can be, anybody can be unfocused. Anybody can be anxious. Um, anybody can be an expert in something. Anybody can be black and white in their thinking, but the motive that someone's doing it is actually what matters. And the motive is internal. I see. And so that's why it's so important for people to work with somebody like you because it's getting to what those real motives are and then also learning how to use it kind of like as your superpower and not just like letting your personality run you because 100%. Because what happens is we all are kind of truth be told this is like a concept that I think is hard to understand. We are all basically walking around the world unconscious. Like we're not present all the time and when that gets pointed out, so what happens is we have these blind spots. Like we, ha- we just, this really does it. If you think about the big T trauma, like the traumas that we know are traumas by layman's terms, we have trauma informed therapy. We have all sorts of things that we do to address that. But we also have these early childhood woundings, which are traumas. They are, ima- well, first of all, birth, childbirth itself. Imagine coming out of the womb to like lights and someone cuts you away from your the only thing you've ever known, (laughs) like there's noise all of a sudden, like that is a trauma in and of itself. And so we all start to protect, defend, promote this very, this very vulnerable. It's really about existential death. Honestly, that's like at a sort of higher level thinking, that's what we're protecting ourselves from. But it's, we are, we have to, we walk through the world protecting ourselves. And in so doing, we disown parts of ourselves that we don't like because it's not safe to have them. Like, like there's all sorts of ways that our ego development happens. And, um, and so where was I going with this? Um, so our, so, so the look at finding those things out through the work that we do, what ultimately happens as adults, I would say, but, or the more trauma we have in our life, we start to feel the rub between I am someone inside of me. And actually that's doesn't feel right with actually who I 
the responses I'm getting from people or how I'm walking the earth or what my job is or the way I'm parenting my kids, you start to real, you start to remember sort of, or know at some very deep place that that's not who you want to be. You know, what you're really doing is remembering who you once were, like when you had these essences more available to you. And so the work is in, I work with people who are suffering is how I say it, but it's like, people who just want something different. It could be a teenager or it could be an old woman or it could be a man, you know, it could be an employee. It could be a senior vice president. It's like, I'm not showing up in the way that I really wanted to show up. And so once you know your type, you can sort of start to understand it. Each type has a way of getting their needs met. Each type has a way of dealing when your needs aren't met. These are all things that are very factual and logical and I could go through them, but we won't go that far into this. But, um, and, and, and each one, there is an early childhood message that gets lost and you can hear it in people's language or you can hear it in, you can observe how people generally go about the world and like how they get their needs met. If someone's always doing something, they're a doer, they probably believe at some level that that's how they're ultimately going to be loved. So you know that they're called a dutiful type. You narrow down their type that way. So those are different teachings. But yeah, I do, to answer your question, I absolutely think all the time about this. This is like my five in me. This is the five in me is the Enneagram. So it's like I watch the crowd. What are their types? And I try to figure it out. And Oh, funny. You know, but I'll never know. Um, you have to, the person has to decide themselves. And the truth is some people decide that they're a, my husband thought he was a five for about a year. And then he's like, oh, I'm a nine. Like something settles in. Yeah. And I could see also like, you know, trying to decide what type you are can also skew you a little bit because you're like trying to fit into an, yet another box mm-hmm. that really isn't making you happy or isn't authentic to yourself. So I can see how even that, like even like taking maybe a simple test, getting an answer, being like, this is my type could be kind of a problem. Yes. In some ways, the higher level you are, there's nine levels, which is actually complicated, but the the higher you are in your level. So the more present you are and the, and the thicker you are, sort of the lower, the lower three levels we really need a, some pretty deep therapy to really address those levels. They are, they are mood disorders and personality disorders. Those are the hardest ones to type, right? Like the top level and the low, because the top levels, we have access to all the essences pretty quickly. So they can look like all the types, but the at our average, we're pretty nailed into a way we see ourselves. We identify a certain way. And so you, while well, you can still mistype because you're not going to see certain, you're going to say, well, I don't do that. So I'm not that type. Well, it's probably a blind spot, um, actually. Um, and so, um, but you do the work and you start to learn and it, it's, it's a gift. It's, this has changed my life personally. This has absolutely changed my life. It has changed my relationships. I could speak very clearly about how things are different now than they were before I started this work. And, uh, and same with clients. I mean, it's really like I could, there are breakthroughs that happened this week alone with people that are literally life-changing at like, I've never been able to do this before. And all of a sudden I just did it. It's like they've loosened up some energy in one area of their life. And all of a sudden another area takes off and it's so beautiful to be a part of. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you're going to be giving, um, graciously a workshop in the VIP group in May. And it's going to be kind of like about how understanding these types helps to, helps us to give grace to other people and let go. 
Mm-hmm. But but I want to know what containers you bring your work to like right now. So whether it be group coaching or workshops, like how can people, what kinds of things can they participate in with you if they want to dive in okay. deeper? Yeah. So um, I'm such a seven. I'm like, I'll do anything. Like really? That's like exactly <laughs> what came to my mind. Like I'll do anything. So what I currently offer is I work with a lot of people one-on-one and let's be clear, like people don't generally come to me and say, I want to know the Enneagram. They come to me and they say, I can't get out of my own way. Can you help me? And I say, sure. And we start to work together. And again, I have a therapeutic background. I'm a clinical social worker by training. And then I have my coaching work. So I've morphed those two things. Um, but ultimately I say like, so here's this tool that I use. Let's, let's just see what happens. And they're generally hooked right away. They're like, Oh, they feel very understood. And, but it does, it's not all that easy because you have to start to look at sides of yourself that aren't there. And so the Enneagram ultimately helps you predict these places that are going to trip you up. And so we work one-on-one. I also do things like people will hire me to like hang out with their friends and like, maybe we'll do some typing, but we'll start to really talk about like, what are the places that you guys struggle? And we make a fun night. I have right now a group. um, I, I do these groups where I take a group of so far it's all been women through six months every week. And we actually go through the book, the wisdom of the Enneagram. And we, I do a teaching on every type and they have to, they, their, their work is to see the type in that type in themselves and also in other people. And so today we did the one and there was like, Oh my God, I have compassion for my mother-in-law. Now I understand what she's really wanting, but this is how it shows up. And so there's this like empathy that develops, but also for ourselves, like there's self-forgiveness too, because it's like, you don't meet, like in my case, I, I didn't mean to overparent. I was just trying to make everything feel right. Right. And like, I was just doing the best I could, whereas I could be really hard on myself. And so there's some grace and compassion. And once we do that, we loosen up our grip on some, like something loosens up. I can't explain it other than that it's energetic. And like, I had no plan to clean out my closet, but I did six months of this work and I threw away 30 bags of clothes one day. Like one week, a friend of mine came over and we threw 30 bags of clothes to be donated it. That's gluttony. Gluttony is a seven trait. It's like, it's gluttony is how we get our need met. So I didn't think I needed to throw away all those clothes, but it just happened. And my teacher was like, oh my God, like that's what happens. Like something suddenly changes. Imagine the freedom and the joy that comes from emptying 30 bags of clothes out of your house right? We feel free. We get our, like, it's beautiful. So I work with people to do whatever, to work with whatever suffering they have. And maybe they don't have, you know, they don't identify it as suffering, but something they want to change. I do that in a group. And then I have like a four week, just an intro to the Enneagram. So you can just be introduced to these concepts. We talk about the triads. We talk about the centers. We talk about, we do presence exercises. We talk about the instincts, which is a whole nother teaching that I haven't talked about here. Um, how we all get our needs met so that if they can know if they want to go deeper or not. Um, and it just gives you a little awareness to start things to look for. So that's, I'll do anything. I mean, honestly, like book groups, like I have this dream of like doing a book group where we'll read a book and then type the people in it. But it's really about talking about why you're typing them that way. You know, like oh, what's fun. the point of that? You know? Yeah. Um, so fun. Yeah. All right. So how can people find you online so that they can email you and ask you to do anything that they want you to? <laughs> so I am at www.christinagranahan.com. I just released my new website um, and you'll see a lot of Enneagram stuff on there. And if you're a client, 
there's a password protected um, page where we'll I'll share. I haven't gotten it out there yet, but it will, there'll be, you know, a lot of resources there. Um, and, um, there is a page on that that's like courses and retreats and you can sort of see the kinds of things I do. I also, I'd like taken women away for like a day to the ocean and I have a place that we can go and we do inner, inner work for a day, you know, and we just get them. It's like a kickstart. So there's all kinds of ways to do this work. Um, it's really sacred work, Emily. Like I know it's fun and it's a party and we can feel understood, but it's also this like beautiful life changing thing that helps us really understand ourselves and why we do the things we do. So you can tell I feel really strongly about it. Um, yeah. And that's one thing I really appreciate about, well, first of all, how you do this work, but also about this as opposed to something like Myers-Briggs I mean not that there's anything wrong with Myers-Briggs but it's like there is so much more you know we give person personality quote-unquote is just such like a thrown around term but there's so much more to it than that and I think that you really give it that space you know where it's like Mm -hmm. yeah but why why is that part of you and do you want that to be a part of you and how does that show up for you in your life so you're just taking it to like the next level. And I really get that sense from you. Thank you. One thing I realized I didn't say, which is like probably one of the most important things about the Enneagram is when you see the figure there's, and you, it, my logo is actually a figure uh, Enneagram has in there, but there's arrows. And so what the, what the Enneagram ultimately does, that's different from Myers-Briggs is that it gives you a development plan. So I know as a seven, what I need to bring in, I know exactly the two numbers that I need to integrate more of into my life in order to come up the levels. So it's like, it's not like efforting. It's not like I'm going to force myself to take in someone, but it's like the one, it's like what the parts of one that I might want to bring in is some discipline and some structure and some, that's how I'm going to keep my joy and freedom from going awry, right? Or my um, enthusiasm from going awry. So there's way, there's way, like it is dynamic, which no other personality inventory is actually dynamic like this. There's a development plan built in and um, you can see it in the geometry and then you, geometry right yeah geometry of it and then you can do the work with someone who knows what they're doing to really help you grow yeah well I love that um all right so I'm gonna have the link to your website for sure and if you are a VIP member you can look forward to Christina coming to our group to talk more about this um and what else did I miss anything I don't think so I will say this like I'm really good at responding to questions so if people have questions. I do office hours. I do a lot of Byron Katie work. If you know who Byron Katie is, I do pop up Saturdays. Like sometimes I'll say, Hey, I'm doing Byron Katie work for two weeks. I mean, two, two hours, sorry, come on. And like, I'll work through the processes with you. They're related. You can do Enneagram work and Byron Katie work together. Anyway, it's like, these are, this is what I do. Like, I love what I do. And so people can feel free to give me a shout out, ask me a question. Um, Oh, can I say one thing? Mighty Networks. You're in my Mighty Networks group. That's what, yes, yes. I'm off of, well, I'm not off of, but I'm trying to move away from Facebook. And so just want to say this real quickly. Like I do have this community I'm trying to build of people who are serious about doing inner work, who are sort of serious about like just wanting to participate in some global awakening of us all sort of showing up truly and authentically as ourselves, like this beautiful thing that we have. And um, so I do have a community on Mighty Networks and um, you can access that either on my link in my bio in my Instagram 
or um, on my website there. I think there's a link on my website also at the, uh, yeah, on the contact page or something towards the end. It says like, do you want to join a community of seekers? And you can get in that way. So that's how I found it was your website, but I haven't, I'm looking at your website right now and I haven't seen your new website. So, um, but yeah, find it on her Instagram bio if, if you want the quick and easy way to get in. And it's really great. I love the questions you ask in it. And Mighty Networks is awesome. It's like no algorithms, no ads, right? It's just a community. Yeah. Someday I'll make the switch, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. This was a true treat and tons of information. And I will be anxious to hear if um, people get an instant pop as to what they are when they're listening. So I want to know, too. I honestly, I want to know, too. Yeah. I'll forward you everyone's responses. <laughs> well, thank you, Christina. Thanks, Emily. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.